If I could tell you just one thing, presented by me, Mel Noakes. And me, Max Fellows. If I could tell you just one thing is a brand new event industry podcast brought to you by Elevate. It's where industry leaders write a letter to their younger self and consider what wise advice they would give themselves now if they only could. Our discussion is based all around this letter. Be prepared for refreshingly honest, sincere conversations and some wise words of wisdom. This podcast is powered by Wanda, an independent specialist creative events agency who are reimagining what's possible across the business experiences. We hugely appreciate their support in bringing this series and podcast to life. Our next guest is the incredible Sarah Jane Benham, or SJ as we know her better. When we recorded this episode, SJ was the managing director of Crew Live and she's now the CEO. Crew Live is an event staffing and entertainment specialist agency and they're all about providing authentic brand ambassadors for entertainment and event implementation worldwide. SJ first joined the agency as a booking agent for a two-week stint and four years later was the managing director and has been there ever since. She has now just been promoted to CEO and is currently spearheading global expansion of the business. What an incredible conversation. It was one that was inspiring both in terms of SJ's growth and success, but equally her vulnerability. It had us on the edge of our seats listening intently. You won't want to miss a second of this one. So for those that don't have the pleasure of knowing you as well as we both do... Mm -hmm. Please introduce yourself and tell us a bit about yourself. Sure. So I am SJ, Sarah Jane. I'm the Managing Director of Crew Live. And do you want to know a bit about Crew? So we're a global live engagement agency and we specialize in the provision of authentic event staff for brand experiences. We are 18 years old, we're independent, there's about 17 of us full-time currently, but we scale up to about 50. We work with creative agencies and direct brand too, um, so the likes of Visa, Nivea and Heineken, and still working with some of the same clients that we did since day one, so amazing. that's testament yeah. to our reputation, I think. Yeah. Um, oh, we're also campaign staffing agency of the year. Staying with Crew for a minute. I mean, one yeah. of the things that I love about Crew is the ethos behind it about being a home for creatives and performers. Mm, and yeah. obviously, we, we know a little bit about your background, having dived into mm -hmm. your letter and, and being the friends that we are. So how has your experience, having been a drama student and a performer, shaped some of that vision for Crew? Well, the vision was always there from day one for a start. So um, we were formed to introduce a different set of values to the industry. And they were values really simple, actually, just to provide a service of excellence to both the staff and clients alike. Um, so the values have always been there. Look after your people, um, you know, look after your people. You have happy people, happy clients. And it's, that very much became sort of our, our guide and our North Star, if you like. So absolutely everything that we do from the way we answer the phone within two rings or how we respond to an email, how we troubleshoot, it was always, is this a service of excellence, both our staff and clients alike? So that has always been like day one. Look after people, pay them well, faster than anybody else, give them all the tools that they need in order to be awesome at their job, right? I don't think that anyone wakes up in the morning and goes, you know what, I'm going to mess this one up for them. Like you <laughs> want to do a good job. So it's just about making sure that one, you've picked the right person for the right brand, there's fans engaging with fans, but also that you've given them everything that they need. 
and you've built some you know, strong relationships there, trusted relationships. So that's always been there since day one. But to go to your creative point, yeah, so my background, I used to be an actress. Um, I went to a university called, or a drama school really called Bretton Hall. So this isn't RADA. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't your traditional drama school. Um, it was very all-talentive and very creative. So we would do immersive, site-specific theatre. So lots of random memories I have of, you know, doing all sorts in, in trees and woods and in a dilapidated mansion. That was where I met my sort of... I guess we were just a bunch of creative misfits that all came together and they are 100% like my lifelong friends now. But when I graduated, I needed to supplement my income when I was resting. And so that's when I discovered the world of brand experience. I had no idea that this industry even existed. Mm. Not a clue. No. And I don't think it was called that back then. It was like no. promo. <laughs> I remember um, promo stuff was like the thing, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, but it was great because it meant that I could supplement my income between gigs. Um, and I was, in my opinion, I felt like I was successful at the time. Like I was making money. For, you wouldn't know any of the shows that I did at all. <laughs> <laughs> but I got to tour the world and I was making a living out of doing the thing that I loved. But there were lots of times in between the gigs, <laughs> lots of yeah. resting. Um, and that's when I discovered this world. And it was amazing. I found myself surrounded by like-minded creatives, actors, dancers, performers, artists, you name it. And it very much became like a, a new community of mine. And so when I joined Crew, I was working in the field for Crew and other agencies. And Tom, who's the founder of the business, Tom Eatonton, he had just secured an amazing contract with Jack Morton, still working with them to this day. And it was for Hyundai for the World Cup in 2010. And he needed an extra pair of hands <laughs> to help out. And here you are 15 years later. I know, exactly. Yep. Running the show. <laughs> so um, yeah, I interviewed, I got the job, like two weeks it was supposed to be. And then yeah, three years later became MD and uh, we grew the team. At that point, I think we grew it from three to about 30. And I think the transition from letting go of the acting to being in this world was that it just felt so similar. And I felt like I could still be a part of that creative community. And better still, you can help them continue to do what they do best by helping them financially, supporting them and giving them roles that they could do with their eyes shut. And it was very reciprocal. It worked really well for us too. So there's been amazing success stories. And it's very much sort of, um, I guess, a crew community now because... There have bigger than crew. There are crew marriages and crew babies. Oh my um, God, you're actually still a black. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to go, go more Love Island, but yeah, yeah. maybe, maybe crew still. Love. We should do crew love. Crew, crew love. love. Um, yeah. So there's trade market. <laughs> there are flat shares. There are you know lots of highly successful actors who have started their career at crew or gone through at some point. So um, yeah, that's that's what I love about the creative yeah. side of things. So. You say the values piece and, and mm. the answer to Mel really authentically and, and really passionately. And, and I've known you for a while and we've yeah. had a joke about the acting yeah. thing in, in, in mm -hmm. the previous. But it just comes across so genuine. And I think that's really special and really nice. And then something you mentioned there, and, and we'll go kind of almost back a bit further. But you mentioned that leaving acting mm. into crew and that thing of what success was and having to leave acting yeah. behind. Do you feel that it's it's a natural progression? Do you feel that it's a shift in careers and it's not necessarily the success you once thought, but yeah. is now? No, 100%. I wanted to be an actress. 
And that's what I thought I wanted at 18. It was That was a thing that pushed me, that gave me, to be honest, the feeling that I've got right now, you know, pushing you out of your comfort zone. Um, Leading you know, into discomfort is what we've now labeled this as. 100%. Uh, you know, it gets your heart beating. You start thinking, you know, why would I do this? Why would anyone put themselves through this? There's enough going on. Like, why would you Why would you do this? But then that feeling you get afterwards, it's just like, it's not a word. Is there a word for it? That like, that buzz, that, and like post-show, that, that kind of come mm. down, it's yeah. so good. And so I tried to seek that out my entire life. Um, and I think that what I've done is I've just replaced it with pitching, um, <laughs> which is terrifying. Um, replaced it with pitching. And, and also sometimes when I'm speaking, if it's like a big company, if I'm honest, like when we have to do like big, not have to do, want to do, big company days, or like team building sessions, now that for me, success is making them feel like they're part of something bigger and they know what the vision is what the purpose is all about and sometimes I can put a bit of pressure on myself to, to, to be this super inspiring like leader and actually like I, I don't know why I do that because we always have an amazing time um afterwards but it is that kind of putting you out out of your comfort zone mm. and afterwards I'll be like that was good mm. <laughs> I enjoyed that I need to do more of that so yeah, I think I, everyone I has that it. feeling then, hey, of, of that nervousness of the pressure putting yourselves yeah. on. So the letter that you did write, which mm. is amazing, and we all thoroughly enjoyed kind of reading it, I suppose opened you up in a way of, of a bit more about you from, mm. you know, younger kind of you and being the daughter of a landlord and yeah. <laughs> tell us a bit about your growing up, I suppose, yeah. and that kind of schooling and who you were as a person and how that's, sure. that's kind of grown I suppose. Thank you for asking that question and also thank you for this opportunity because the whole thing was so therapeutic. Really good. <laughs> really good. Really good you never. The therapy bill comes later by the yeah, way. No. <laughs> you rarely stop to pause and look back and go ah oh, that's why I'm like this today. That's where that came from and of course at the time you don't you don't know it. You only know it when you look back anyway in hindsight but okay I guess it all started being sent to, to boarding school at a super young age. So the reason I went there to begin with me and my, my three other siblings is because my parents were uh, landlords and landladies so we ran, they ran Irish pubs and we lived upstairs. So it's quite a unique upbringing and the school was set up well over 200 years ago initially as a charity so it's a licensed trade charity and it was supposed to be a safe haven to get publicans children out of inner city London in my case give them some fresh air surrounded by nature give them a private school education and so my parents jumped at the chance and so I went from the age of seven through till 18 my entire career wow. um, but I knew how lucky I was to be there and I knew that that wasn't the norm 100% like Monday to Friday life at school amazing absolutely incredible but it was a world away from my weekends and my weekends were fun too they were colourful in a different way that really comes through in your letter actually I get a real sense of your dad and the kind of character he was it's absolutely incredible yeah, my mum my mom and dad so if you imagine like my some of my youngest memories are are working in the family business so my dad for example like he was a landlord he would always be in a three-piece suit pocket watch stood at the end of the bar like giving everybody a warm welcome made everybody feel super special and I think it what I learned from him is that I call it now a social chameleon he could just adapt 
he adapted so easily um, and he could talk to all walks of life. But also it was my first experience and exposure to creating an experience. And I obviously I can say that now looking back, but at the time I had no idea. But what they were doing was creating that warm Irish welcome, that traditional feel. You had my mum, who's like the hardest working grafter I've ever met in my life, ever known in my life, with the highest of standards. And But it was 24-7 and it was intense. So that's going to school was just the most incredible opportunity and so I was like I'm gonna make this count I have to make this count and almost sort of if I'm honest like a sense of now I deserve to be here and I'm gonna make sure that everyone knows to myself and others that I deserve to be here in this chance and I'm gonna make I'm gonna make something good out of it that's quite unusual sorry Mm, to interrupt at that age as well to to, to have that self-awareness of I know I'm lucky to be here and yeah. I'm going to make the most of it. Yeah. Your peers at the time, similar or well, went a bit off? Because I've I yeah. known quite a few people that have gone to boarding school and it seems to be kind of get one extreme or the other in that yeah. those that go off the Fair. rails or those that kind of really Fair go at point. it and lean into it and try and make the most yeah. of it because they, they know the opportunity. Yeah. Um, well, there were a bunch of us who came from similar backgrounds. So I think the boarding school allows for about 200 and they were either army children or, mm. um, or uh, children of, of uh, pub owners. Um, but everybody else were uh, local, local day students in Ascot. Um, so I think for me, it, and no one ever made me feel that way, ever. But I felt that this was an unusual environment for me to be in. And I think it was just the contrast. And I could just tell that I this wasn't a natural environment and that I'd been given this opportunity. And, yeah, I needed to needed to make it count. So I, from a very young age, like, that, it was about resilience because you have to figure out age seven. Like, I know I don't want this to be a pity party at all as well because I was get, I wanted to be there. It was incredible. But you have to work out quite quickly to how to read a room, build relationships, uh, be independent and build resilience. And I made it work for me. It worked really well for me and I made incredible friends. I said yes to every opportunity without hesitation. And I talked about that kind of spark, that thing, when you put yourself out of your comfort zone, that's where the growth came. And again, it's only really looking back at this. I don't think I didn't know that at the time. I wasn't articulate enough to to express that. Yeah. But I can see it now looking back. And you can only imagine, right? At seven, like we've all got kids in this room, and mm. yours are coming up to that sort of age. Mm-hmm. And, and you just think about God, a seven-year-old trying to yeah. understand those kind of life skills that, frankly, even adults are trying mm. to really mm. master as yeah. well. It takes real strength of yeah. character. And, and you said something there about saying yes. Mm knowing you as I do and and obviously seeing the letter as well and the things you know that sense of saying yes and pushing yourself out your comfort zone and something I talk a lot about you know no growth ever came from being comfortable Mm. but this sense of saying yes to everything is a real trait of yours actually Mm. and quite an unusual trait because for a lot of people there's that sense of nervousness or will I mess up or will something but you're you're all yes yeah you go for it so where is that yes taking you because it's taking you to some Mm. interesting places but has it ever been has it ever been a negative? Because mm. we also talk about, yes, people having some challenges. So there's the, the yin and the yang yeah. of that. The yes got us to where we are today. It gave us the growth. We went to the opening of an envelope. Like we would be at every industry event. None of you would have seen me there. Um, the yes. I think I did. You did. <laughs> we were doing it together. Because I think I was doing the same <laughs> yeah. thing, yeah. And it's tiring, but it gave us the growth and it, it helped, you know, build our brand awareness and helped helped us work out our, our own set pieces and, you know, how we want to present ourselves. But also for you privately, it took you to some, like, some of the, your life experiences are 
Bonkers. <laughs> uh, I think I know what you're trying to. So when I was younger at school, it was that kind, it was that, like, do you want to go, do you want to take part in this experience on this tour ship where you would sail in? I remember being tied to a mast, <laughs> sailing in on a tour ship, um, sailing into France. And it was as you do nuts. And but <laughs> there was, I'm lost on this. No, I'm like, wow. I but mean. there was and and there was an opportunity where I got to interview as a competition to go um, and have a exchange trip uh, to Canada, a school exchange trip in Vancouver. I think it was about for six weeks. I must have been 14. And there was just no hesitation. I'd be like, yeah, of course I'm going to go for that, and I'm probably going to get it. I just had this like self confidence and belief and i think it was all down to that kind of proving to myself that i can that i deserve to be here and that making it count but, that, but that's incredible and 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 that confidence that that's trying to find the kind of the question to ask really because i don't necessarily think it's natural to, no. to be so pressure and i put a lot of pressure on myself in order to perform or to do mm. certain things but to do at that age it's yeah. it's it's remarkable to do mel asked has there ever been any mm. downsides to it and i'm, mm. I'm interested though as a very very driven then 14 or throughout your kind of younger years and things mm. driving you to the, be the best were you the best in class or in terms of like academically no, things like that i was think it? i was pretty average okay <laughs> we don't like that word here <laughs> I'd like no. to just say for the record, there is nothing average about no, SJ yeah. ever. <laughs> I think, uh, well, actually, I, I, I did struggle a little. I was, I was, um, I am dyslexic. I don't think you ever lose being dyslexic, but you hey, learn ways. Of, and it's a superpower. It is, right? Yeah. It is. So I never, I never felt that that held me back. In fact, I got extra time in exams. It was I brilliant. Know. And if, and if you, <laughs> inside like, here. Yeah. So at a young age, I had that sort of that drive, but um, like you also lose it, unfortunately, a little bit. I think I I wish I still had some of that. And I think as you get older, you the stakes are higher, you have more responsibilities, you know, the, the fear starts to creep in, you've got, you've got more to lose. Um, and so I could learn a thing or two about my younger self for sure. But to answer your question about challenging uh, times, well, challenging it in terms of um what was the question saying yes so too saying much? yes there's a yin and a yang yeah. so whilst there's obviously led you to mm. some incredible positive things and yeah. some incredible things has there ever been a negative side to mm. that yeah i think i think there has but there i feel like i've come through that so to the point where i don't have to say yes to everything now and it's great <laughs> it's so good i've got i answer to very few people i have you know full autonomy I could be more selective and respectful of my time. So the negatives are, you know, you, you have no time. You have no social life. There's a trade-off. Things have to give. Um, so some of my friendships fell by the wayside. I was still obviously still have great friendships now, but I didn't have as much time for them. I couldn't, I felt like at the time I couldn't carve out as much time. It was just kind of like a all or nothing thing. Just go all in on the moment in time that I'm in. From a business perspective, though, we don't apply that same, just for the record. Say <laughs> yes to everything. We learned a few years back that we had so many clients, so many clients, such a long tail. We started to qualify better. We put minimum spends in place and, you know, varied criteria in order to take on a client. And what we found is that we were producing better work. So we had less mm. clients, but we were more profitable. The team were less spread thin. 
less overtime hours, which is brilliant <laughs> for, for, for so many reasons for everybody, well-being's point of view, but also financially. So yeah, now we or we will often politely decline. But I, I can't say whether if I knew that piece of advice when we first started out, whether I would have applied it back mm. then. And I think the truth is I probably wouldn't. Like we are where we are today because of that hard graft, because of that grit. But I don't expect my team to do the same thing. And that's that's should be made really clear. I try to model a better lifestyle and life balance now. And that's something I'm I'm really proud mm. that we can we can do. Do you probably a direct and you can tell me to bugger off here if you if you'd like to, in terms of that and and only because of the the environment we're in at the moment, especially our industry and, and younger people coming through, challenged with certain talent in terms of nurturing it in the right talent, things like that. Do you think that there is a a bit of fear factor around that hard work or, or even talking about it and that maybe that yes piece to an extent of, of that just yeah. going beyond and having to work harder, yeah. leading to success quicker? Or do you think we're just in a different times and, and actually it's, it's not relevant? It's really hard to answer that because I, you know, I want to protect my team mm. as well. I don't want them to burn out. I feel very responsible. And in recent times, so post-pandemic, well, 21 was still going through it, but we had our biggest year on record. It was absolutely incredible, but it was also the most operationally challenging that we have ever faced. And at that point, we had, I think the business had right-sized about five of us. Um, at that point and um, we had to scale from five to 50 um, over the matter of about six months in a world of limited resource and it was just the most stressful time and off the back of that year I remember thinking I will never ever put anyone through anything like that again and it was you know out of our control to a degree we, we scaled as quickly as we could mm. but we were rebuilding our business whilst you know having to deliver these contracts for our clients we're very grateful for them and also to that point you know, lots of people I hadn't actually met in person that I'd recruited on, on the team on a permanent basis. So you, I was mindful that I was asking a lot and trust doesn't come overnight. Mm. You've got to build that. And so I was trying to tell them, you know, this is not a reflection of who we are. Trust me. <laughs> trust me, this is not normal business. This is not how it normally runs. And so, yeah, that was that was really difficult. So I think when I'm answering your question, I feel like it's more of like a responsibility for them that they don't have to go through that. But what will the outcome be for those individuals when, you know, it's a nine to five really hard balance, isn't it? Uh-huh. So I, time will tell. We've mm. had a lot of these sort of chats in our industry, haven't we, of like, just because we earn our stripes in one way or another doesn't necessarily mean you 100%. have others to do mm. it. But the same token in our industry, mm -hmm. kind of you have to put the work in because mm. that's how you learn. And it's 100%. finding the right balance to do it because yeah. I think all of us would say that certainly in our younger days, maybe the balance wasn't there. And mm. yeah, you, you talk a little bit there, SJ, about some of the challenges and challenging mm. times. I mean, obviously, mm. we're at Elevate, we're a mentoring program. Mm -hmm. We're all about leaning on people. Mm. Who are the people that you lean on in those challenging times? Yeah. And where do you go to get your support? Yeah. Uh, Tom, actually, the founder of the business. I have full autonomy of the business day to day. and But I will go to him if I need sort of a sounding board and, and his advice. So he would be my go-to. Um, I have some, there's an amazing trainer that we work with. Shout out to Chris Merrington. He's absolutely fantastic and was really pivotal to the growth of our business in terms of our mindset. And how every deal was not a good deal. <laughs> Amen to that. Yes. <laughs> so it's really interesting to hear because I think a lot of people assume, and interestingly, we've talked about this to one of our other guests recently, was 
you get to the top and you've got all the answers and you know what's what's going on and you don't need any support anymore and you've got all the advice and obviously you've got quite a few different people that you lean on in different mm. things for different reasons which you know it's quite reassuring I think for people especially when you're more junior and going oh when I get to the top I'll know it all mm. we don't no mm. <laughs> no we really don't especially during the pandemic mm. and like coming out of that no one knew any of the answers I do get a lot of my advice also from the team like fresh eyes yeah. That I'm a little bit more mature than some of them, <laughs> so <laughs> I can learn a lot from them too. But yeah, Tom, Tom's our the CEO, and he is um, always there for me if I if I need to run something past him. But I I also we have access to a lot of information too now more than I had growing up. The number of different podcasts that are out there to self educate and and support. That's I will listen to a lot of podcasts in a week. Ah. A any favourites other than our one, obviously? Obviously, yeah. other than yours. <laughs> well done, yeah. um, mine's mixed. Um, I love Stephen Bartlett. Love Stephen Bartlett. Obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Big fans. Um, also Mary Portis. She yeah. does yeah. the she kindness did. economy and beautiful misfits. Fern. Good old Fern. Yeah. Yeah. Talking about her, about her yeah. Love her. Love her. So I think it's quite balanced and, and there's a nice holistic mix of kind of yeah. business and self-awareness and 100%. care and yeah and it's a real testament that because i think that's the other thing and and something that comes through at crew and certainly from knowing you is you really are like whole self it's not just about right i turn up to work and i put on a, an mm. armor it mm. is really mm. much about all yeah. of you and it's lovely to yeah. see that reflected in some of the places you go yeah <laughs> and actually i think that's you know that's also a challenge in the same way because when you are super passionate about something and it's not, not just talking about myself talking about the wider team when things don't go to plan, you can take it really personally. And something that every now and then I'll remind the team of and myself is we're not saving lives. You know, when it gets really stressful because you really care about what you're doing. Every now and then you just need a little reminder. We're not saving lives. Yeah. One of my old mm. bosses says it's PR, not ER. Yeah. Perfect. Like that. That is, yeah. That is yeah. Good. yeah. yeah. With the career, we're talking about success mm. a bit and things like that. You have you know, almost taking a traditional route where you've come in at the the bottom, if you mm -hmm. like, and mm -hmm. there's nothing wrong with yeah. that, and kind of gone through the ranks, yeah. you know, fairly quickly yeah. and, and successfully, so credit to you. Mm. In that time, what is it that, I suppose, or that's helped you kind of achieve that, whether it be a mindset or we've talked a bit about having kind of mentors or, or mm. coach champions, you know, yeah. that, that progression and, and your career, if you like, the kind of the last six, seven years? Definitely... Uh, there's no doubt I, I have a growth mindset <laughs> like, that's what excites me and not I know that not everyone has that so that that's definitely a driver for me seeking out that that growth area pushing you out of your comfort zone but I've, I've done doing the role now for a number of different years but we have to to stay on top of your game you have to be innovative and over those years we've launched TSEC which is our international group crew talent which is the entertainment arm there's always something that we're working towards and launching like new initiatives so you do have to you know tweak and mm. polish and continue to to work on it yeah yeah so I think it's it's interesting and then and as you then are in this position of mm. more seniority then you know, we talk about sending the elevator back down yeah. and, and then kind of with the team and um and helping support them as well so yeah mm. So SJ, obviously growing up as the daughter of a publican, you, you, you saw these really entrepreneurial sort of spirits in your parents mm. and being a, a going into acting and having to sort of sell yourself, if you like, mm -hmm. versus a business. And I know we've talked about this a lot sometimes, like how you be an individual behind a business. But you went from a two-week internship 
to MD in four years. Mm. I mean, that's not that's kind of not a normal trajectory for someone. So do yeah. you think this entrepreneurial spirit was has always been with you and, and has been something that you've learned from a young age or was it something that you just saw the opportunity and in your characteristic SJ way went, yes? Yes. How did that come about? Seek out the opportunity, <laughs> 100%. I was also in a really privileged position, you know, sat next to Tom and, and Ben, who's one of the other directors, just learning from them every day does take time you know it was um something that tom would say to me is like act as if so it's always about playing the next role mm. that you want so when you turn up in a room you be that person that you want to be model that behavior and you start to believe it you start to have confidence in yourself and when that opportunity presents itself or create that opportunity for yourself rather it's a no-brainer like you should be that role because you're already being that role. So I do feel like I was, you know, I, I had a great opportunity. I think I spotted a great opportunity and I, and I found it really fun. That's the most important thing. You've got to find the fun. Mm. I was passionate about it and I was, and I was driven because I could see that I was helping to grow this business. And so progress, so important, seeing that progress um, and realizing it. Um, but you've got to find the fun. Mm. I love yeah. that. Mm. One of our, we just interviewed Jonathan mm. um, Emmons for, for the podcast. He joined us as well and talked about this sense of creativity and fun and playfulness. Yeah. And it's really lovely to see that characteristic here as well, that sense yeah. of, and you say in your letter, actually, I get paid to do something I love and I still am, mm. yes. you know, years later. Yeah. And do you think that's directly attributed to the success? In terms of me having fun, I had fun from day one. Well, yeah, well, maybe, <laughs> yeah. maybe that is in terms of what's accelerated <laughs> yeah. that success. Yeah, 100%. And I think trying to emulate that with the team, like, I can't, you can't force the fun. Mm. They've got a... Forced fun for event professionals? <laughs> our, worst, our worst nightmare. Um, they're creating their own, our own culture, if you like. And someone said the other day, and I just absolutely love this, um, Chanel on our team, she said that she never gets that Sunday evening icky feel. Yeah. I was like, yes. The, the Monday fear kind yes. of thing. Yeah. It's like, this is it. We've yeah. got it right. Whatever we're doing, just keep doing it. <laughs> keep doing it. Um, so, yeah. And I think, you know, also, I know we've talked about this before, but time really is the most precious commodity mm. we all have. And mm. I tell the team all the time, I will never take for granted how much they choose to spend at work and, mm. and with us. Mm. And so I just think that if it's not fun, mm. then, you know, life's too short. Yeah. We talk about, and we're talking about success mm. a, a lot, and I'd like to ask you, I've got a question first, and then I'm going to come back to a success one. But whilst it's been positive and, and you have demonstrated, mm. you know, real kind of persistence and, and entrepreneurialism and things like that, what are the, the more challenging sides to it then, perhaps, that people yeah. don't know about? The other side the of other the story. Side, yeah, yeah, precisely, <laughs> yeah. Um, the sacrifices, 100%. And there's a trade-off. Um, I think I've talked about friendships, not mm. having enough, like carving out enough time for them. In hindsight, I wish I did. But also not a lot of people know that I took a really short amount of time for my maternity. And I, in hindsight, I can look back and I can say that wasn't right for me. I regret mm. that. And actually, it's only recently that I can say that because I, I couldn't find the right words to articulate because by saying that, I was saying I was wrong. Mm. <laughs> I was like, you're Plus admitting. the layer of, of pressure as being a yes, mum. Yes, 100%. Which, yeah. So just to talk a bit about that then. So I wanted to go back. I wanted to go back because I love my job. Mm. Absolutely love my job. And it became such a huge part of my identity. I think to the point, someone asked me the other day, how are you? 
I went, I'm good. Cruise up 10% year on year. (laughs) That's great. But like, how are you? That's not, I didn't ask about crew. I asked about you. And our identities have just become so blurred over the years. But going back to that time, like I wanted to be a crew. I felt like that's who I was and I needed to go back early to protect this thing that I built and helped mm. build over It was the another years. baby. It was another baby. Mm. And also my family set up my... I was the high earner in our marriage. So on paper, it also made sense for me to mm. go back. And I wanted to, and I told everyone I was going to do it. So no turning oh, back or changing your mind. 100%. And my sister at the time tried to talk me out, and I was like, I can do this. <laughs> um, but no one prepares you for when baby actually comes. Mm. And I remember there was, um, so I took six weeks. So you've got six weeks of feeding your baby, holding your baby, pushing your baby in the pram. Like you're always with your baby by your side constantly. And then I remember leaving the house walking to the station in a complete daze and just like not knowing what to do with my hands um and I sat on the train and I had this moment of panic where I looked out the window and I thought I must have left her on the side something was missing because I've got the pram in hand yeah I've got nothing you know she wasn't there she was missing and so my whole body was just screaming at me like this is a bad idea go back listen to your instinct Mm. but I kept going <laughs> on that drone. I, I saw my decision through and something really weird happened when I got, like the moment I walked over the threshold of the office, I became MD instantly. I was like my, my MD hat on. It was like playing a role almost. Mm. It didn't feel real. It was kind of out of body. And I was fine, completely fine on the surface. Mm. <laughs> yeah. um, but, you know, we, we you know, reconfigured the office so that I could express. And, you know, I, I'd often call Simon and be like, Delilah's hungry. He'd be like, how do you know? I'd be like, I know, I know. Yeah, so it took a long time to sort of adjust, adjust to that. And it was a very jarring experience looking back. Mm. And I think the main thing is, and this is why I guess I didn't want to sort of admit it um, until recently, but, I worry that like, will I ever get that one-on-one special time with my children again? You know, who knows? I'll probably make that happen. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like maybe I can take every summer holiday off, take six Mm. weeks off every year, get myself to a position where I can make that happen. But I worry that I've missed out on something that I can't get back. Mm. And so I'm sharing that because it's a hindsight thing. Mm. And and actually, who's to say that I'd be in this perceived level of success now if I didn't do that? Like, who's to say I would still be in this position? Like, I, it's really interesting. Well, thank, you, thank you for sharing, Hex. Yeah. 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 Um, but now, now, my um, it's uh, an incredible setup and something I definitely want to share. If you guys are aware of Event Cycle, who are incredible. Mm. They are incredible. Yeah. Huge friends of Elevate. Oh, amazing. Fans. Amazing. So they, my husband now works with them. And he works part-time, term-time. Like, it, absolute gold. They are all about championing flexibility and choice, which is something I like to model at Crew and I'm really proud of now. You can work wherever you like. You only need to come into the office one day a week. And actually people come in more yeah. <laughs> because they have the choice. I have someone working in Bali at the moment. Someone's just come back I'd from like South Africa. I'd like to work Africa. in Bali just for the record. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, Podcast on tour. Podcast on tour, Dan. 100%. You can be the first guest. Yeah. Lovely. In Bali. Um, yeah, so I it, that works for our family. Mm. We've found a pattern that works for our family. And it does break the mould a little, but it works for us. 
Yeah, I just want to say to what Max said, thank you for sharing, because mm. I know it can be really vulnerable to share those things. And from the outside looking in, people will often question those mm. sorts of decisions and that can add to the pressure. And I yeah. know what that is. And I, you know, as a friend as well, like you model such a brilliant sense of balance and being there for your kids and mm. the humility and, and humanity you yeah. have really in your team. And I know it took a lot to share that. Yeah. So just thank mm. you. Because well, it also, will inspire people listening to this, I think. I think we've talked about it as the things we wish we knew okay, before we were mums. Mm. So Good. take that. Um, and there's also, they're awesome. My children are awesome. They are. They're strong, <laughs> spirited. By the way, it wouldn't be the same if they were <laughs> annoying. Or yeah. They were real yeah. brats. There's yeah, been no. no detrimental effects so far. Um, yeah, so it's all, it's all good. We've got last few questions, really. Mm. And my one that I was just kind of touching on before and actually started answering is that what does success look like for you now? Because mm. as a very driven individual... You mentioned maybe that's taking summers off to spend with the kids and things like that. Just wanted to kind of ask that briefly. Success to na now means life balance. Mm. Means being able to say no and being more selective and respectful of my time. Success is my team. Not having that Sunday evening ick. <laughs> <laughs> um, having fun. You know, that I'm not sure if I should share this or not, but there was someone on my team recently who had an offer they couldn't refuse somewhere else. Uh, and it was almost, I won't say how much, but a huge, huge salary increase. And I was like, I get it. Mm. <laughs> I get it. Go, go and give it your best shot. Um, you can do this. And we said goodbye. And she came back three months later. And I think for me, it didn't work out. Uh, it wasn't the right place for her. And I think for me, I think that says a lot about like the family and the culture that I've tried. We've all tried so hard to create. And that. That makes me happy. And she came Good. back home. Oh, yeah. That's a really Good. nice way of putting it as well. And I think we forget we spend so much time at work and with mm. these people and, and that sense of family, creating that sense of family around you is such an important part to have those people that you need. Mm. So I think we've got one final question for you, SJ. We do, indeed. Which is and the question of the podcast. Exactly. And, and that is, what's that one piece of advice that is so good mm. or bad that you need to pass it on? It's um, act as if. So it's a piece of advice that Tom, the uh, founder of Crew Live, gave to me and everybody <laughs> within the team. Just act as if. Turn up in that person that you want to be. So model the behavior, be that behavior, and you will become that, that person or that set of circumstances, whatever it is that you're looking to achieve. Other people call it manifestation. <laughs> it's not too dissimilar. Um, the act as if really resonates um, with us as a team. Brilliant. Well, from us both and everyone here at Elevate, thank you so much for sharing and uh, taking part. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Very interesting. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Yay. <laughs> oh, that was amazing. That wow. was brilliant. Brilliant on so many levels, right? And I don't know if you kind of felt the same, but in terms of not only kind of connecting with SJ, but equally in terms of, of getting insight into her career, but her as a person and the vulnerability that she showed as well. Oh, she I mean, was how so brave. Brave, exactly. How incredible. And I think, you know, she talked a little bit about in the discussion around being a role model. And I think she totally is for so many people that know her. And I'm sure it's true of the team there. But I loved also seeing those seeds Mm. from her past that have really shaped who she is today, you know, being a publican's daughter, her acting career, yeah. that sense of really taking every opportunity. I got such a sense of that from SJ, you yeah. know, leaning into the yeses and 
seizing opportunities, but also as she's grown, learning when to say no and when to take advantage of that versus not. And I think that, you know, that's something personally I, I always struggle with. So yeah, yeah just I completely resonate. The yes piece is, is, is something that when I moved <laughs> to London, <laughs> well, no, when I moved to London, it was exactly that same thing. You don't know anyone, all the rest of it. And it, you're kind of looking for opportunities and you don't know where they come from. So you say yes. And what I think was brilliant about SJ and I didn't know is, is that that self-awareness at such a young age oh. and, and that appreciation and therefore then the action and the, the kind of the positive outlook on, on them making the most of the opportunities and, and that equally then kind of leading into more of these yeses and those decisions. So I, th I think it was brilliant. And then all the way through then to an accelerated career that in the space of years becoming, you know, an MD, but the sacrifices made along the way. Yeah, and I think it's so important and I'm so glad that SJ shared it, you know, everyone thinks you can have it all. Mm. But that trade-off, and there's always a trade-off, there are always things that you have to sort of decide what you're doing to get to that kind of levels of success. But I also love SJ's humility, maybe is the word, sharing that sense of having to stay at the top of your game and constantly having to innovate and learn and grow and never standing on your laurels. You know, you get a real sense of energy from SJ. Yeah. You know, having done the job for so long in the yeah. same place and she's still as passionate about it as I can imagine her being when she started the role, which yeah. is incredible. Definitely. And, and throughout, there's these moments where she's perhaps lost a bit of that confidence that she has had and then kind of built it back up again. And then it culminating that piece of advice that she mentioned throughout, oh, you know, or not throughout, but earlier. Act as if. Act as if. How brilliant and, is that? you know, we have joked in the previous because, you know, we both did the whole drama school. Not that you could tell us, you know, out and out. No, never. Us. Never. <laughs> never. But that act, act as if, I think it's just a way of, almost she said manifest but equally you kind of are protected because it's not the real you because you're almost have this armor you are pretending to be something not pretend but do you know what i mean it, it's kind yeah, of trying to but it's also i think what i loved about sj is that leaning into stepping forward mm, stepping up yeah. because i think and we've talked about it a little bit in our industry perhaps there's an expectation that stuff's given to you yeah. and i loved yeah. sj's take on it it's like act as if you know step forward step into it act as if you're already doing it and then that will become your reality and i love that sense of i guess owning your destiny a bit and, yeah. and crafting it and i really get the sense that that's what sj's done and there's just so i think so many people will get so much listening yeah, out of that I agree. it was just such a brilliant conversation i agree and now what then success looks like for her oh hey. Brilliant. And it evolves. I think that's the thing that's really nice is what looks like success and feels like success in your teens, 20s, 30s, and as you age will change. It will be different. And I love seeing that evolution that, that SJ really kindly shared with us and where she's at now. And mm. God, what a conversation. Brilliant. Elevate operates thanks to the generosity of our partners and supporters. To find out more about them, you can check them out via our website, elevateme.co. Together, we're changing lives, careers, and the events industry for the better. This podcast was powered by Wonder, the independent specialist, creative, business-to-business -business and business-to-employee events agency. And a huge thanks goes to our producer and fellow team elevator, Pete Kerwood.